0: Welcome everyone to the Nick's Infinite Playlist Podcast, a show where we always talk about something because something's always on. I'm your host, Nick Hogan, and with me this week is a very special returning guest, Adam Davis. Adam, reintroduce yourself to the people.
1: Hello, I am Adam Davis, and I am essential. (laughs) Yay, essential. The rest Um, of
0: us are doing this because we are bored. Adam is doing this because he loves it, even though he's working all the time.
1: I am still working fifty hours a week and in right in the thick of it. Uh I, I don't I don't have it as bad as the healthcare professionals. Um, but I do I work retail, so that's uh yeah. Just stay home. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm tired.
0: <laughs> yes, you heard it here first. Stay home. <laughs> <Yes>. Breaking news. <laughs> so uh Adam, anything
1: new going on? Um, you know, not really. It's just work, 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 and try to stay ahead of this thing. Try to st- keep from going out as much as possible. Obviously, we're all dealing with uh, a lot of new with uh, the way things are going in America right now, and everywhere else, frankly. Uh, yes. Yeah. Worldwide problems. So, <laughs> uh, but no, nothing crazy here. Um, I, we did make it to the picture show. We we saw the last picture show. Yeah. Um, so we went out to the movies, um, which was kind of exciting right before everything shut down. Uh, saw King Kong, the original King Kong, which was nice. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, no, other than that, nothing crazy going on here. Just trying to keep our heads down. All yeah. the kids are home, which has been crazy. Yeah. They're, they're, they, they seem like they're handling it well until uh, some tiny inconvenience comes up
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: all hell breaks loose and... <laughs> The world is ending. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: man. Uh, I don't envy you. I've been working from home for three weeks at the time of recording. So, um, you know, I, I, but I feel for you. Uh, Having been a retail employee at one time in my life, I sympathize. Um, So, hopefully, we all listen and stay home and beat this thing sooner rather than later so that we can get back to go to movies and baseball games conventions um (laughs) and outside right
1: yeah i took my dog for a walk
0: today so that's the only thing i've really been able to do other than i'm my family's designated shopper because uh, my wife has asthma
1: ah yeah don't want
0: she's she's more at risk than i am um so anyway (laughs) but on the bright side the walking dead has been good the
1: walking dead has been good (laughs) What a refreshing change, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> like all it took was an actual apocalypse. Right. Now that everybody's
0: uh, got a lot of free time to watch again, they're like, oh, well, we better be good again. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the most recent episode um, that aired this last Sunday was um, the aftermath of Egan's Alpha Betrayal. Oh. Uh that's good writing. <laughs> and uh, right before that was Michonne's exit from the series. So Denai Gurira's last episode.
1: Um, yeah. You know, and I I wasn't following the news on that, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure that it was until after I watched the episode, and then we went back and checked out some of the some of the news surrounding that. Cause I, it didn't feel it felt like the beginning of an end. But it didn't feel like the end of an end, if that makes sense. Well, and,
0: you know, I think that speaks mostly to um, it seems like she's going to be appearing in in the movies, the Rick Grimes movies, or um, there's even rumors out there of like her own spinoff series. Um, So I don't know what's actually going to happen. But I don't think we're, we've seen the last Michonne. I just think we've seen the last Michonne on the flagship Walking Dead series. Um, so I, I think that there's a good chance that Michonne, the character, pops up again. And and that's part of why I think they did that w- that way. Um, that last scene with Judith really seemed to tee up the uh, an appearance in the movies, uh, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's definitely where they're going with that. Um, I still, I still don't feel good about the movies though. Um, just what I've seen and what's happening and what's not happening. And and did you get a chance to read that Scott Gimple article? I didn't. No, you're missing out. It's, uh, it's real depressing stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it is. Um, but that's maybe why I didn't read it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, of course, I'm going to watch
1: at least the first movie. Oh, uh, absolutely. Like we're going to, we're here for The Walking Dead. We're going to keep watching it, whether we want to or not. Uh, and I, I think that, um,
0: you know, so, some interesting things can be done with the larger universe. Because I, I don't think that they're, um, you know, I think fear has been hit or miss, but there's stuff, there's good stuff there. Right. So, um, the larger Walking Dead, and so the rumors that I'm hearing are saying, you know, Rick's out there establishing this larger universe, and um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But you know, it really depends on how they execute it, and that their execution as a whole has been pretty hit or miss.
1: Right. And that's the thing. If they keep firing like they are right now, these last three or four episodes, like I said, I felt really good about. Um, but they've gotten me with that before. I felt really good coming out of season nine. And then the front half of season 10 felt really flat. Mm-hmm. So I, if they can make it work, if they can channel, whatever it is they're using right now to get, to get further along with the storytelling, I think we're going to be in a really good spot with the walking Dead. Um, I just, at this point, they're going to have to prove it to me. Like, they're right. going to have to show me that they know what they're
0: doing. Right. And, you know, uh, we briefly hit on this Megan's uh, betrayal of Alpha and the aftermath of that and how well written that was and how good it's been. That's also ripped directly from the comics. And, you know, some of this other stuff isn't and it's struggled. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's reason to be optimistic and then there isn't. Because the real the biggest storyline they've done is the Negan and Alpha Whisperer War, and that's pulled directly from the comics, like verbatim. It's it's Negan who does it. It's Alpha who he kills. It makes Beta mad. Beta leads an army of walkers to Alexandria. Like it's it's
1: exactly what happens in the comic books. Right. I think the one thing that the show has going for it that the comic doesn't is the Carol element, mm-hmm. um, and I. I'm really worried about the Carol element because I feel like the, this next episode and then the finale, if and when we get it, mm-hmm. um, are going to be really telling on whether or not the Carol, the Carol of it all, is going to pay off. Mm-hmm. But right now, like that's the one big difference from what they did in the in the comics, and that's the one thing that can separate this storyline from that storyline in a unique way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Carol's one of the better characters that they have left. And um, yeah, it's just a lot of that remains to be seen, I think. Um, But I have to admit that I really enjoyed watching uh, Daryl and Negan uh, this last episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The tables
1: flipping back and forth, and like they're on the same side, but neither of them is a hundred percent sure of that <laughs> up until the very bitter end. <laughs> and
0: it, it's just—it's the comedic pairing I didn't know I needed, especially because Daryl's never funny, right?
1: Right. Um, <laughs> But, but with Negan, who's always funny, he tempers <laughs> a little bit. The the Negan line except my baby can shoot bullets out of its mouth and kill people like peak Negan. (laughs) Oh man.
0: Um, And I like how they, they reference uh, the, it it was really in, in Michonne's last episode where he referenced the uh, beach ball size lady nuts. Um, (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. Just, Just, I mean, um, you have to give The Walking Dead writers this. With the right characters, they're excellent wordsmiths. And the same can be said for Abraham. uh, Yes. Back when he was on the show. Just some of the words that they would come up with for them to say. Oh,
1: man. (laughs) Poetry. And I think the the more of that we can get, the more Walking Dead can say fun and keep some of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they... They lost it a little bit because you couldn't give Negan too much of that because you didn't want people to like him too much because he was the bad guy. And you you lost Abraham, obviously, when Negan came on the scene. So mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of – part of what drug some of that early Negan stuff was we can't enjoy this character. We can't enjoy anything.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just the serious beatdown time. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm here for Negan and his – lady the lady nuts of it all <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and like um i really just think that that's part of what in the in the show's draggy spots um that's really like, like they, they just don't have anything to break the tension you know like even shakespeare's greatest tragedies have comic relief um and and like you know when i think back to like season two second half of season two and um early season three with the governor which was really a slow burn. Um, almost none of that was funny. Um, right. and just like they had a little bit from like Merle. Merle's, Merle's dialogue was, was kind of funny. Um, and there's some iconic episodes in there. But like, there's, it just really dragged and it didn't, until they really until they introduced Abraham, they didn't have enough stuff breaking tension. Right. But it was just all tension all the time. And and there's the the show like the show does tension well usually because you you like your characters and then you're afraid they're gonna die, but there still needs to be some Negan Abraham jokes in there,
1: right? And I, I think they do tension well at times, but it, I mean if you keep something tense like that all the time, eventually it just wears down, right? To where even even some of the tension is just not it loses some of that because there's if that's all it is, you don't feel like I never feel like I'm gonna lose any of these characters, like even in this last episode with Carol and the Walker, Carol's not going out that way like that, that's not gonna happen right. I know that watching it that they wouldn't write her out that way um, just because of what they've done in the past and how they handle these kinds of things you know so so some of that does lose without we lose some of that tension without that comic relief to bounce it off.
0: Yeah. And I I think the question with Carol Moore is like, you know, she's not going to go out that way, but who's going to find her, you know, or um, how's she going to get out of it? And you know, that that takes away from some of it, but um, yeah. So, so what do you think about this uh, expedition that speaking of comic relief, another one of my favorite sources of comic relief is Eugene, So what do you think about this expedition that he's leading with Ezekiel and uh, what's her name? Eugene
1: is working really hard for this booty call.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's it's,
1: it's much (laughs) harder in the apocalypse to get what you need. I'm sure. I guess, (laughs) you know, I feel like they've got an interesting mix of characters Mm -hmm. on this little, little adventure. Yeah. Um, Introducing this new character that I, I've only read about a little bit. I'm not caught up on the comics. Um, right. So, you know, I, I know she is a comic book character, um, but I don't know if we want to get into that here in a minute or not. But, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to see them going off and tr- taking these steps to meet a new civilization. I think it's interesting to put Eugene in that leadership role mm-hmm. uh, when he's been a comic relief character and now he's stepping up into this, this hero role yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out i I like where it's going i like like I said, I like the team that they put together, Yeah, um, Miko's a great character. Um, it gives her something to do now that her and Magna are not together, and they found out that nobody cared uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not a, a plot point we needed to keep keep on because honestly, I forget that that was a thing uh yeah just because they're such minor characters, but now you've gotten her pulled apart into this, this smaller ensemble.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think
1: that's going to give them the opportunity to really develop that character in a unique way. Yeah. And it's going to give us kind of the last hurrah for Ezekiel yeah. in a way that kind of, kind of puts some more question marks into the, the character itself and the development of the character. Cause we talked about last time, how we didn't end up in heads on spikes. And then he had like cancer all of a sudden and what are they doing? And it just seemed really like they, they kind of left it all out there and didn't have a plan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think this was the plan. I think it was to put him into a different, put him in with this different group and put him into a kind of subservient secondary Follow the leader, as opposed to the king of the, the king of the kingdom right. uh, role. And I think it's going to be interesting to see again how all these characters interact um, and how they, what they can do to bring this new group in with with our current group.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting that that yeah, the group that Eugene is leading is made up of leaders, right? So Eugene's really the only non leader of the three of them. Um, So, you know, I think that's, for one, that says something about the journey that Eugene's going to go on, I think. Um, But also you're absolutely right in that uh, Ezekiel's departure from, from the rest of the group felt like goodbyes. Right. Um, You know, especially his, his his scene with Jerry, I was like, oh man, Ezekiel's not coming back from this trip.
1: Right. Or if he does come back, bad tidings for jerry like, right <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't because i can't lose jerry
0: right yeah i, re- I really want to keep jerry too um <laughs> that's if we have to keep one character from the kingdom my vote is jerry yes. um, <laughs> but it's like it's not the same when he doesn't say your majesty um and when he called him ezekiel i was like really i think the, the better word to use there would have been your majesty that's just me uh, right. We, but it, it, it demonstrates hard growth hard. and that's fine, but <laughs> I would have gone with your majesty. Right. <laughs> There's a reason that they're they are writers and I'm not. But anyway, so I'm I'm really kind of excited about that story. Just I'm I'm not caught up on the comics either. I usually I've read up on them past a certain point, but I really haven't
1: read a past anything past the Whisperer War. Um yeah. I'm caught up. I've actually read, read the comics up through uh, the prison. So I'm a little behind. Yeah. Uh, My wife has read them. She keeps me up to date on a lot of that stuff. Yeah.
0: I just spent, I've spent some time like looking up, okay, how does this happen in the comics and where does this comic story come from and stuff like that. But I've never actually sat down and read the comics. Uh, So, you know, I'm, I'm really, my comic book knowledge is all just research um, so I hadn't really heard much about this princess or anything else, but it, uh, <laughs> the fact that she made Ezekiel laugh out loud was, that was just really great. <laughs> um, that,
1: I, I've thought about that a lot. That scene, <laughs> the zombie tableaus and Ezekiel in particular, like why he reacts that way. Mm-hmm. And I, it all comes back to Ezekiel talks about how he was an actor and he worked like in the community theater and stuff he's an artist at heart yeah and seeing art however macabre it might be it it's still fun to see this new kind of art and see it in front of him yeah what else is he gonna do but be filled with joy and Mm -hmm. all that other nonsense from (laughs) times Yeah,
0: I I thought it was really great, really true to his character. Um, Really got us back to like joyful King Ezekiel and not like uh, dying of cancer or uh, son just died, Ezekiel. Right. Um, So it's just really, even just, it was not very much of a moment, but just that little bit of time where he's cracking up and having a good time. Um, I really enjoyed that. I really, that whole episode really was, was top notch.
1: Right. And I appreciate them taking that little moment there and being true to that character and doing that, it shows that the writers are trying and they're doing, I mean, they're doing everything exactly right through these last few episodes.
0: Yeah. And they're, uh, one of their biggest issues is when they're, um, they're killing time. And so, uh, cause they, you know, really if you cut it down to like 12 episodes a year, it'd be much tighter. Right. Uh, but you know, when you get into, episodes 10 11 12 sometimes it drags a little but now they're on the home stretch so they feel like okay well let's let's go cut it back
1: uh, open and start start moving things here
0: yeah so i feel like that's part of it um but i just that whole last episode with Megan and daryl and eugene's expedition all of that was really really fun for me to watch <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then it ended the, the where we ended that in this last episode is one of my favorite character introductions of all time because again you go through the city and you see all this stuff and then this lady in the crazy pink headdress or whatever
2: <laughs> oh my god hi <laughs> that's
1: it, all you get <laughs> you know fans of the comics are obviously getting treated to something that we're not as viewers of the show right. uh, but as a viewer of the show I'm just like oh well, I, I, I guess I'll be back next week to find out just what the hell is <laughs> going on here.
0: Yes. Uh, it was a great ending. It's a good hook. Um, I always joked that that uh, that's if you want to make money or ensure people that watch your next thing, you got to have a hook like that. A hook that makes people go, what the heck? <laughs> and then, you know, you're, if you want to guarantee viewers next week, that's what you do. Right. So um,
1: that was pretty great. Yeah, you don't have a bridge blow up and then have your character fly off in a helicopter <laughs> with, with Jadis. That's not how you give viewers to come back next week.
0: No, no, you, that's right. Uh, that I is a, two endings. That is a proven non-working strategy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, really, the only character, like the arc that we haven't talked about, is the arc of Beta from this last couple episodes. You mean Half Moon? Yes, I do. Um, so did you catch that in, in Fear, where the guy dropped his records, that one of them had Reinhardt's face on it? I did not.
1: So, I, I got caught up on Fear. Um, I've watched bits and pieces, but I've not been consistent. In it, was, <laughs>
0: it was the guy that was painting the trees, I think, had records. Somebody okay. had records. And um, it's been a while, so uh, it's
1: odd how often records have come up in the Walking Dead universe. Yeah,
0: but and it's like because record players, they, I guess they've got record players everywhere. I don't know. Um, <laughs> record players are easily accessible in the apocalypse. <laughs> um, <laughs> <You good laughs> to know. Anyway, so uh, anyway, the the records get spilled out on the ground. Like he loses the records, mm-hmm. and one of them, like there's a fan that like paused it and zoomed in. And it looks like Ryan Hurst's face. And so they're like, does this mean that he's, uh, that this is Beta, that Beta's past life was a country music star. And it, the, when people when that got all the way up to the producers on the show, they were kind of coy about it. So I was like, I bet it does. Um, right, that's where we're going. And so sure enough, Half Moon, uh, he kind of revisits his roots after uh, after losing Alpha.
1: Um, but I yeah, I just really I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's cool that they threw that in there in Fear of the Walking Dead. I, I did not know that. like I said, I missed that because'm um, I'm not I'm not consistently watching Fear the Walking Dead. Um, but it's cool that they're doing that. again, that it just shows that the writers are trying. They're putting yes. in a lot more effort than is sometimes being recognized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and now they're starting to pay a lot of that stuff off, which is outstanding. Yes, absolutely, um,
0: and it, as, as a result, the show's pretty good again. Uh, I yeah. uh, I did get the chance to meet in November. I got the chance to meet Ross Marquand and Ryan Hurst. Um, they were both really nice guys, and Ross Marquand is tiny, and <laughs> Ryan Hurst is humongous.
1: Yeah, he looks <laughs> super giant. And like I, I know they're doing like they're doing camera things to make him look really big, but they like, don't really have to right because
0: uh, he i mean like he's a full head taller than ross marquand at least um and and like i'm you know barely 5'10 and ross marquand we were at eye level i'm probably a little taller than him um and and ryan hurst just like Oh, my gosh. Enormous.
1: Absolutely enormous. Frankenstein's a monster, (laughs) big. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's the mountain that wears other people's faces. (laughs) I was about
0: to call him Shrek. Um, (laughs) But anyway, both really nice guys. Uh, You know, just kind of as a side note, but man, that Ryan Hurst is
1: intimidating. Yeah. And carrying around a severed head makes him that much more intimidating. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, it does. Are you were you a big fan of like the WWE at any point, like Attitude Era? Not any really. No. Okay. There's a there was a wrestler that carried around like a, a mannequin head, and the whole time Ryan Hurst is carrying around Alpha's head, I'm just like, man, he's Al Snow, just scary and not ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, it's a deep cut WWE joke for any of you WWE fans out there listening.
0: I'm sure there are a few listening.
1: Right. Uh, I have friends that are wrestling fans, so uh,
0: <laughs> thanks for that. Um, anyway, do you have anything else you want
1: to add about The Walking Dead? No, the only thing I, I want to know is um, so would we rather listen to Half Moon more, or do we want Beth the Yodeling Cowgirl back? Because <laughs> honestly, uh, I, Half Moon's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can, I can listen to country music and I'm fine with some of that, especially that type of like the outlaw country, but that was real bad. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying. a big,
0: I'm not a big fan of that style either. So I assumed that it was on par for that style of music. Um, I'm, I would like to have Beth back just because uh, she's, de- she's like a professional musician. She's acting less and singing more now. Um, and that's a good thing in my opinion but uh the yeah i don't really i didn't even really pay that much attention to the quality of the music um i would have noticed if it if i was like hey this is a really good song and i didn't think that
1: (laughs) yeah i i go back and give it a listen uh nobody thought that right um so you know
0: uh i can see what they're saying but uh i don't i don't um I wasn't paying that much attention to it, but I don't think I'm, it's really not the kind of music that's my go-to. So if there's a good song out of there, I'll, I'll listen to it, but right. Um, that's fair. Cause I have like an eclectic taste just that like, Hey, that's a good song. I'm going to download it. Um, but I really didn't even, I don't think, I guess it wasn't to me. It wasn't the point. Right.
1: No, it it, it wasn't. But, but I, I often miss the point. <laughs> that's
0: Okay. It happens.
1: <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> That's why I'm a podcaster and not a writer. Exactly. Uh, the only the, So where, where's Lydia in all this? Like she was gone for a long time. Then she showed up and saved Daryl from what should have been like a mortal wound. Yeah. Um, through magic. She sewed up his arteries at his leg. I, I don't know. I don't know the story there. If she was like off getting a nursing degree While she was (laughs) missing, and then she comes back and she saves Daryl, and then she gets captured by Negan, and he locks her in a, like a, old abandoned shack. There's just Mm -hmm. shacks everywhere, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, Virginia. So something, to keep an eye on, (laughs) Virginia listeners. How many many shacks do you have on your property? (laughs) Um, And are they, are they zombie-proofed? Then she's gone again. Yeah. what, what, I mean, where do you see the Lydia story going?
0: Well, she definitely escapes. Um, and it's so she doesn't show up anywhere yet, but I'm assuming that she's going to go toward one of the communities. So she's either going to show up at Hilltop and see the fire damage, or she's going to head out back to Alexandria. Um, and maybe she thinks, Hey, I saved Daryl, so I get to go back to Alexandria now, right? Um, okay. That's fair, and, and I I have no idea. I'm sure that they'll pay that off, but I, I don't see it going many other ways other than, uh, you know, maybe running into Beta first.
1: Yeah, but, um, is it possible that we're le- at some point? Daryl and Negan are co-leading a mission to rescue Lydia from from Beta.
0: And I I don't know if they're gonna be mission-focused because um, they're about to get bombarded by... I guess Beta's coming
1: for that, isn't Yeah. It?
0: Okay. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if she... Maybe she shows up in, in the middle, middle and is able to infiltrate something or... Uh, I don't know.
1: Involved um, in some kind of way.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe she finds Connie. I have no idea. Um, oh, there you go. Because Connie's still, like, MIA, right? Right. She was uh, in the Super Horde.
1: Yeah, from,
0: and then Magna split. Magna lost
1: her and didn't see her after that. Right, and she's just gone. I don't know. I could see that Lydia showing up with Connie. Yeah, having a real awkward conversation with Negan about where Alpha is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's and, where we're going to get the fireworks from the Lydia story. Is how she handles that, and her and Daryl's relationship, and how that. Especially if she brings, like, if she saves Connie from something and brings her back, like, that's only going to cement her bond with Daryl. Yeah, and then with Alpha in the middle between all that, that could that could really make for some fireworks.
0: Yeah, and I really think that I think that uh, I think Negan and Daryl could can find common ground over Lydia too, Um, because first of all, this is I think this is supposed to mirror like rick and negan uh from the comics and in and in that case they still had carl so um i i wondered if and negan took a liking to carl in in both as far as i understand right. um so i wondered if the if you know judith has gotten some of carl's stories but then um lydia may get some of the other ones you know like uh, and I, I think that because she saved Daryl and because Negan saved her and killed her mom and she didn't want to be with her mom, uh, that there may be some – she may have some affection toward both of them and they may bond over her.
1: Gotcha. But
0: I have no idea. It's just – it's pure speculation because right. I'm thinking much more about Eugene and Princess and, and <laughs> Negan V Beta than I am about
1: uh, <laughs> Lydia. So – uh, yeah just a, yeah fair enough. I what do you get your take on that? Lydia just kind of was gone and then she was here and I just, you know. Yeah. To, that's an interesting It's interesting to see that and try to figure out what the next step is for that character when we've gotten so little from her. Right.
0: Uh and she'll I'm sure she'll get a really a bigger chance to shine now that she's out of her mother's shadow too.
1: Right. But uh
0: Yeah. So anything else you, any thoughts you have on The Walking Dead? No, that
1: is everything I have in my notes.
0: All right. So next up is our segment called Infinite Playlist, which is dedicated to our most recent favorite
1: things. So Adam, what are you loving right now? Oh, I'm a little all over the place. Um, (laughs) I'm not finding a lot of time to dedicate to one particular thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been... So, I, I've talked on the podcast before about my love of JRPGs, just all any of the Japanese role-playing games, Yeah, uh, particularly the older like retro games, and it's come across my my Twitter feed a series on Netflix called Final Fantasy XIV, Dad of Light, and I was like, okay, it's Final Fantasy, I'm in. So, I'm going to check it out, and talking to my son about it, he wanted to watch it with me, and it's... It's in Japanese, it's subtitled, so if you're, if you're good with subtitles, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of fun, it's half hour episodes, there's only seven episodes in the whole series. Um, it says there's eight, that's a lie. The, other, like, the last one's like a clip show, recapping the whole thing, um, so don't let them fool you. At the end of episode seven, that is the end. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun, it's just, it's a cute little like sitcom, but it's a Japanese sitcom. And there's all these Final Fantasy references in it if you're a Final Fantasy fan, um, but it, it centers on this this twenty something, early twenty something uh, guy who he had a relationship with his father. They kind of bonded over Final Fantasy when they were younger, mm-hmm. and then as he got older, his dad really dived into his work and kind of got away from playing video games and thought it was a waste of time. And him and the, the main character and his father kind of grew estranged a little bit over the years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden his dad retires from work. Just I'm done working. He just comes home one day. He's like, I retired. So as a retirement present, the son decides to buy him a PlayStation and final fantasy 14, which is an MMO game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and play the game with his dad without telling his dad who he is and develop that bond in the game while learning about his father and trying to reconnect. And then he wants to play through and beat the final boss of the game and then reveal to his dad that I'm your son. I've been your son the whole time and we've been playing together just in the other room. And you know, I love you dad and all that. Um, And it's just kind of the antics of that and how, video games sync up with real life sometimes and again it's it's silly and it's fun but it's also got some pretty heartfelt moments in it um and it's i really highly recommend it especially if you're a final fantasy fan or a jrpg fan at all um you could watch it in like three and a half hours it's again they're like 25 minute episodes there's seven of them um, it, it, it cost you two episodes of tiger king and you could be through <laughs> it <laughs>
0: Oh, that's a podcast for another time.
1: Yeah, right. I've not I've not watched it, but I've been on the internet in the last week, so oh, yeah, I yeah. feel like I've got a pretty good idea what's Same. happening there. Same. <laughs> but yeah, so Data of Light on Netflix, and then I've just been going back and playing some of the old games. So I've been I've been replaying Chrono Trigger. Okay. Uh, I've never finished it, so I was like, eh, this is a good time to go ahead and get into that, and yeah, tweet about stuff like that. So <laughs> I'm just playing Chrono Trigger on some. Super legal ROMs, <laughs> yeah, totally. We'll we'll leave that at that. Yeah, uh, but that's been a lot of fun too. Just going back and looking at a game that's 25 years old and how well it holds up 25 years later.
2: Yeah, um,
1: and just what it was at the time. So, Chrono Trigger fans out there, hit me up because I'm I'm still trying to figure some of the things out in the game because I'm some of the some of the mechanics don't make sense to me, but. I'll figure it out. Awesome. Well,
0: um, so I've been working from home for about three weeks. Um, so I have a little bit extra time here and there. And I, I also just, uh, I'm able to have like Netflix on in the background or, or something playing while I'm, I'm working because that's, I'm in my home office and, um, I'm not disrupting any coworkers. So, um, so I've kind of just been watching through stuff, clearing a backlog of stuff that I've been interested in watching. Um, and what I watched, one of the things I watched when I first started working from home was Barry on HBO. D- are you
1: familiar? I'm, I've heard of it, but I don't. I don't even know who's in it. I don't know what it's about. I've just heard people say, "Oh, hey, you should check out Barry." Okay, and that's as far as it's ever gotten.
0: So Barry is played by Bill Hader, and he is a uh, uh, Hired gun, basically. He's a former marine, and he's a hired gun. He works with uh, Stephen Root.
1: Bill and, Hader is a
0: former marine. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not as unbelievable as you might think. Um, okay. So it's just a very different
1: role for Bill Hader than what I'm used to.
0: Yeah. So the premise starts because he's he goes to Los Angeles to to um to you know execute a hit on somebody um and he accidentally ends up in this somebody's acting class right and and he it makes him feel something like the the supportive community of actors really um you know it sparks something in him that wasn't there before he kind of was dead inside and then he all of a sudden comes to life because he goes to this acting class and so immediately he's like i don't want to do this anymore I don't want to kill people anymore. But of course it's really not that easy for him to get out of that.
1: So, right. Uh, it's a career. Once you start down that path, it's, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot of like mobility, right. a lateral moving. Like, yeah, yeah, I was killing people, but maybe now I want to sell real estate. So, um, so the show is
0: essentially about him trying to get out of this and have a new life. Um, and then the, the underbelly, the criminal underbelly of Los Angeles, not letting him. <laughs> um so <laughs> so it's still it's, a comedy oh i mean it, there are moments that are very very funny uh and it's only a half hour show so it's real like i, I got through both seasons in a heartbeat because it was like you know one day of it on in the background done right nice um so there's only two seasons yet and bill Hader and henry winkler henry winkler's the acting coach the uh acting teacher and they've both who won put awards. Hit out on the fronds? <laughs> well, that's not who he was supposed to kill. Oh, okay. He was supposed to hit kill uh, one of the people in the acting class. I guess I should have clarified. Um, and and that person does get killed. Spoilers for the pilot. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so that it's it's a really strong cast. Bill Hader, Henry Winkler. They've both won awards for this show. Um, and it's, there are some moments that are very very funny, and some also some moments that are just really really dark and horrible, and um, you know. But it deals a lot with like PTSD and um, you know people soldiers finding life after they leave the military and just different. Um, and I really think that it speaks positively of being an actor. So like as an actor myself in my free time. Um, I think it, that there's a lot of things that ring true about what they do in acting class. Um, and so like Barry has all these, he has these acting breakthroughs at all the weirdest worst times. Um, so it just kind of like distracts from, from the horrible things he's just done or whatever. And there's this one guy that's in the Chechnyan mafia group. Um, and it's played by Anthony Kerrigan. I don't know if you're, he was, um, did you watch Gotham? Yes. So he played Victor Zaz on Gotham.
1: Okay. I was like, Uh, I know that name from somewhere. I would have never gotten there.
0: He (laughs) plays a Chechenian mobster uh, named Noho Hank. And that is the comedic center point of the show. Like everything Noho Hank does is hilarious. Uh, So like really Anthony Kerrigan deserves awards too. Uh, But, you know, so the Stephen Root, Bill Hader, Henry Winkler, Anthony Kerrigan, um, there's several other actors too. There's like John Hamm appears in a fantasy that Eric has, and like it's just really it's funny, but it's also like exciting and terrifying, and it's it's got everything really, um, and it's 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 such a quick watch. So like it is on HBO, so like
1: you know don't watch it with your kids around, but <laughs> it's good. Nice. It sounds like uh, if Dexter Morgan was a character in circle mirror transformation. Yeah.
0: And, and like um, Barry is, is uh, he doesn't have a, he always felt like he was doing good by executing these people, that they were bad people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what kind of changes his mind is that he goes to this acting class and he meets this guy that he's supposed to kill. And he's kind of like, wait, he's really nice. What, what's the problem here? So, um, and then it just kind of has, it has all of these moral questions, one right after the other. And, and then really, um, you know, people die after that. And a lot of it is to protect, you know, people from finding out about who Barry used to be and things like that. and It's just absolutely crazy and hilarious and devastating all at once. Uh, but it's so good. It's, it's just like, I mean, it's really, there's so much that you go through. It's quite a journey in two seasons, but it's a good one. So that's my endorsement, uh, my incoherent endorsement of Barry. (laughs) So moving forward, uh, finally, it's time for a segment called First Time Viewing, which is dedicated to something that either myself or someone else miss out on the first time around. So uh, this time it's me that missed out on something. And um, I,
1: I can't even fathom how you've missed out on this. For <laughs> six years. I've literally seen this movie fifty times. I didn't even finish watching it for the because re- <laughs> I, I like I was fast forwarding through it, looking for a specific thing. I was just <laughs> going through the dialogue at two times speed in my head as I was watching it.
0: Um, yeah, so this one is Shaun of the Dead. I have not. A couple of years ago, I got a good Black Friday deal on Amazon for all of all three of the cornetto trilogy but uh, i never watched them so and that's that's true with a lot of movies i've owned and you'll find that out if you continue to listen to this podcast
2: um
1: <laughs> but no judgment um, here i've got so, 50 movies that i've not seen
0: <laughs> so shawn of the dead came out in 2004 uh directed by edgar wright so now i've inadvertently seen about half of edgar wright's uh filmography um and then it was written by Wright and Simon Pegg. Um, so this is one of those movies with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And, um, some of the other cast members I thought were interesting are Peter Serfanowitz, uh, that plays the tick. Yeah. Um, and I, I was really excited to see him. I was like, Hey, it's the tick. Um, <laughs> very different role. Uh, yeah. and then Bill Nye from, um, he, he well i know him from playing davy jones on pirates of the caribbean and playing rufus Scrimger in harry potter
1: yes. he was uh, also sam Gamgee on the bbc radio production of the lord of the rings really <laughs> yes from, interesting from many many it that was the same production where um ian holm played frodo huh who and who he later went on to play bilbo yeah in the movies
0: so, that's interesting
1: something to I know i did not
0: know that <laughs> um and there's also, um, a ca- I noticed the cameo by Martin Freeman, um,
1: who didn't even say anything. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's Martin Freeman. And then he didn't even have any lines.
1: Yeah, uh, he just kind of nods his head. <laughs> he's part of, like, um, he's part of, the, oh, what's her name? I can't even think of the character's name.
0: Yeah. Uh, She's Haynes. Yeah, she has like a entourage. mirror of his, of the. Of of Sean's entourage, they're they're supposed to be like mirroring each other.
1: Yeah, this uh, has a lot of cameos in it too, like smaller roles and like some of the like Chris Martin's in it from Coldplay. Mm-hmm. He plays a zombie, um, and Paul K is in it. Back before the name Paul K meant anything. <laughs> so if you look closely, it's. In, I want to say it's in the bar scene. He plays a zombie as well, but you see Thoros of mirror like tearing david apart (laughs) (laughs) um
0: yeah so i didn't really write anything down while i was watching it but i thought it was really interesting um it made me laugh quite a bit um and i just i've always kind of liked those those action comedies um i feel like i feel like edgar wright has kind of perfected his craft after this Like, does that make sense? Like, this is it's saying it seems like, and this is just an outsider perspective. And so, like, you having seen this movie a a million times may wholeheartedly disagree with me. But I was like, it seemed a little like it wasn't polished. And some of his other movies are really, really polished. Does
1: that make sense? I I hear what you're saying. I do wholeheartedly disagree. I (laughs) I think this is Edgar Wright's best film. Um, it's easily in my top 10 films of all time, probably in my top five. Um, And if you go back and watch it again, you'll see why every single thing that happens toward the end, everything that happens all the way throughout is pitched early in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I just think it's the way he crafts this movie. This is his masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, and and I mean, I probably do need to watch it again, um, just because there's there are. Uh, I don't know if I was in the best frame of mind to watch the movie when I did, but um, yeah, I, I I didn't think it was I am not I don't think it was bad. I just it, like it's not it didn't.
1: All oh, no, no, no! That's not what I took from that. Yeah. I'm just this this movie, it. The first uh, watching it one time, like it's a good movie, you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But if you go back and watch it again, there's all these little things that come back from like early in the film. Where they talk like they talk about the rifle, and at the very, very beginning of the film, they talk about that. Um, <coughs> the scene where like he tries to climb up, like right after Liz breaks up with him, and he tries to climb up the balcony and can't. And then like later when the zombies are coming, he's like fighting off zombies and climbs up there anyway. Mm -hmm. There's just all these little things that I I think it's really well constructed. And I don't think it gets the credit for that um, because there's so much else going on with this movie. Like there's so many, there's so much humor in it. There's so much action in it that the writing sometimes gets missed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that you say that, um, you know, it does ring more true than it did a minute ago. (laughs) Uh, so you know and I I mean like I said I think it's well done and I I enjoyed it and because anything action comedy is like right up my alley Um, so anything that has action and makes me laugh is like goes to the top of my list so um, and it did it made me laugh and I was excited and uh, it kept me engaged and that's not something that can be said for, for every movie um but yeah I, I just did like it didn't automatically crack my top fifty or anything like that,
1: but I really enjoyed it excellent i'm I'm glad you enjoyed it because like i said it's it's easily in my top ten um, I can say that without a doubt to put together a top five list right now, like on the spot would be tough um, yeah. but and and again, a whole other podcast <laughs> but yeah it's you know I think it's i think it's really really well done um the action in it is really good um it's a absolute gore fest like um again something it doesn't get credit for it doesn't get noticed yeah. it's a comedy at the end yeah. of the day comedy about zombies um but it's there's a lot of like really gory scenes and even like the stuff that's not super gory um there's still a lot of blood. Like when he pulls the dart out of the side of his head and the blood goes squirting across the Winchester.
0: <laughs>
1: that was funny. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot happening and it's a, I mean, it's a zombie movie. So you're going to get the blood and all that. And, Oh yeah.
2: You know?
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I really, um, I've come to appreciate Edgar Wright's, some of Edgar Wright's other works too. Like I, I really, really love some of his more recent stuff like Scott Pilgrim and um, baby driver. And see,
1: I've not actually seen either one of those. <laughs> so, um... I, can't, I guess I can't say this is his best work because I've not seen those. Um, yeah. Like comparing it to Hot Fuzz or um, some of that stuff. Like, this this is...
0: Yeah, well, and, and it's different, too, because this is, um, you know, this is very... There's a lot of this that I can tell is very British. Right. And... <laughs> You know, Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim are not, you know, they don't try to be. Right. Um, so there's, there's different tones that they take. Um, but I can still kind of see his, uh, this gives me a better sense of who he is as a director. Right. Um, and so maybe we can do a first time viewing in the future for you on one of those. Um, there we go. Cause I absolutely adore both of those movies. Um, and I'm looking and I don't think I have Scott Pilgrim
1: on DVD, which is upsetting. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to have to fix that. I have to remedy that once <laughs> once, once our, our apocalypse is over.
0: Right. Well, and I've been, uh, I've been ordering stuff off of Amazon just because I get bored and stuff will be on sale. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> have to don't leave the house to do it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to, uh, to, uh, gear up and go pick up a printer for my wife tomorrow but
1: uh put on the hazmat suit
0: (laughs) yeah but uh no i I really enjoyed watching it and i was like it seemed like my first my biggest takeaway was that it didn't seem particularly polished but um and maybe that's just because of the the tone and like it's definitely um i haven't watched a lot of british stuff in a while so i definitely can I, if I rewatch it through that lens, it'll probably be even better,
1: but I liked it. It was fun. So yeah, it's, like I said, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's so quote, like, there's so many good quotes you can pull from it. Um, and it's stuff that it's not like usable every day, but it's right. just like, they're really fun. If you, if you know that's what they're from, like anytime I'm, talking about something like at at work and like I'm trying to show somebody something I'll say oh top left you know looking <laughs> at it and you know th- that's my go to line on all anything doesn't matter where it is in the room it's top left
2: <laughs> what are you looking for um,
1: there's yeah. no i team <laughs> that whole thing i use that today at work there's no <laughs> i team but there is an i and meat pie and the anagram of Meat is tea. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, Yeah, that's pretty
0: great. Um, Yeah, it it sounds like your relationship with Shauna the Dead is like my relationship with (laughs) Good Burger. Which is just uh, that I use quotes more than any human should uh, in everyday life.
1: Uh, About a third of what I say is Good Burger quotes.
0: (laughs) Um, It's pretty awesome. So uh, yeah, well, I got some good fodder for for you to do your first time first time viewing next time, and uh, I really enjoy it. It's definitely watching Shot of the Dead has inspired me to watch Hot Fuzz and um, you know the other one, The World's End.
1: Yes. Yeah. No. I I would highly recommend both of those. Um, And then I again I. I can't recommend watching this movie enough, like watch it again and then watch it again. Um, You're quarantined. What else are you doing? Right. Yeah, exactly. I can watch it three times in a work day at least. (laughs) Again, like I said, I'm I'm really high on it just because of, you know, it was one of the first like horror comedy movies that I really got into. Um, That horror comedy genre is Mm. my favorite movie of all time comes from the horror comedy genre uh, in brain dead which is a zombie movie um, by Peter Jackson, one of his really early films, like pre Lord of the Rings, pre King Kong, Mm -hmm. pre all of that. Um, So I just, you know, there's a nostalgia in my heart for horror comedy. And this one, like I said, is really well cut together. It references like he works at S Mart, um, like the British equivalent of S Mart. And he talks about how Ash is out of the office today. Um, just kind of those, <laughs> those evil dead references. Yeah. Some of the things they do like early, like the opening credits, how kind of the music's playing through it. And you see all these people going about their daily lives. Every single person in that opening credit comes back in the movie at some point, um, as a zombie. Um,
0: yeah. I think I noticed that. I noticed some of them.
1: And then like they're flipping through TV, like the TV and they're like, he flips by a game show and it's one of those like um, wipe out type game shows where like, there's people on like bungee cords trying to run against each other. And then at the very end, you have him watching zombies, do the, <laughs> zombies doing all like the menial tasks. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's really well written. I think it, the writing on it is so good that I, I recommend it to everybody all the time um, as something that, you should check out.
0: Yeah. And I, I uh wholeheartedly endorse that. I was um so if you haven't, watch Shaun of the Dead. It gets a thumbs up from me.
1: Yes. And I, I I still can't get over like I it's it shocks me that you've not seen this. Like this just seems <laughs> right up your alley. Yeah. And knowing yeah. that you're a like a baby driver, Scott Pilgrim, like the newer Edgar Wright fan. Yeah. I, it just boggles my mind that it, this was on the list of things you hadn't seen before. And like, I was flipping through looking for like, Oh, what should we podcast about? You know, what's on, you know, cause we have like this big master list, just a little behind the podcast here for yeah. all of you out there. like, we have this big master list that we all share and we're all looking at. And I was flipping through it. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> because it is a shame that you've not seen this film yet. And I'm making it happen now. Yeah. Sooner rather than later.
0: Now I have. <laughs> so, uh, you've done your duty and, uh, I appreciate it. I, uh, I'm always looking for suggestions. i really just like, I use the podcast to pull me in one direction. So, um, you know, if it's, I, uh, have lots of choices and I, I've got lots, I own lots of movies that I've never seen. So to help me go in one direction versus another is always good. Right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. Uh, thanks, Adam, for, again, for coming on.
1: Hey, the only other thing I have to say is dogs can look up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, dogs can look up. You heard it here first. Um, so thank you again for coming on. Um, we will be thinking about you and praying for you while you're uh, out there
1: in the thick of things. Um, hey, thanks for having me. And, again, like all I can say is just stay home, people. Yeah. Stay home, watch Shaun of the Dead, catch up on The Walking Dead, listen to the podcast. Sit at home, watch zombie movies, listen to the podcast.
0: Leave me alone. If you're listening to this on your commute, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That has been the latest Nick's Infinite playlist. Good night, everybody.